Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. This is the second hour of Oilers now. It's 105 at Edmonton, 305 in Boston. The Oilers skating today. Same forward lines up front. Uh, Neil, McDavid, and Cassian. Drysaddle centering R&H and Yamamoto. Very effective line last night in Buffalo. Haas with Nygaard and Chase on Shin with Karen Archibald. Uh, no Chris Russell. See whether or not it'll be Lagason or Caleb Jones in the lineup against uh, Bruins. Oilers might need a little bit more quickness on deep. Oilers will face a Boston squad tomorrow. It's 24-7 and 11. They're 10, uh, 14, 1 and 9 at home. Top line, best first line in the NHL, no question. Uh, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and Pasternak. Uh, last season, Marchand, 100 points. Last uh, three seasons, He's had 85, 85, and 100 point years, and he's ahead of that pace right now. Bergeron last year, 32 goals, 79 points. Pasternak, a 38 goal season last year. He's got 30 already this year. They got Krejci, DeBrusque, and Coyle on their second line. McAvoy and Kruger are both back from injuries. We're going to see Yaroslav Halak tomorrow for Boston. Second hour of Oilers now is brought to you by Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door to door sales reps. Your all in one convenient location is digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy technology and software uh, in this hour for the horses and horse racing Alberta of course uh, live racing out at Century Mile Mark Spector for the 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing and breeding industry and then uh, we'll hear from a couple coaches uh, at uh, 135 today It'll be Brad Lauer, the Edmonton Oil Kings at Rogers Place tonight against the Moose Jaw Warriors at 145 today. Ian Herbert's matchup of two top five overall teams in the country. Alberta is in Saskatoon to play the U of S Huskies. You can uh, text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line 7804960063. And we are going to head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline where we're going to be joined by Mark Spector. Hello, Spec. How are you doing? Pretty good. Bobby, what did you think of that game last night? 
Thought missed opportunity. Uh, liked uh, the, you know, obviously the you jump out in front two nothing. Uh, Oilers outshot Boston fourteen or Buffalo fourteen four in the first. Uh, did not like the giveaway and the loss of momentum on the uh, Buffalo two one goal. Thought Curtis Lazard played great for the Sabers. Uh, Buffalo trapped. Oilers blew a lot of stationary breakouts out of their own zone. Like Buffalo sat back in a one two and two and just let Edmonton sort of bring it up the ice and created some turnovers in the neutralized area. Um, and then the uh, penalty shot, 50-50 proposition spec. Sometimes it's called a penalty shot. Sometimes it's not. But David got a penalty shot like that against Dennis Weidman, first game at Rogers Place. And we've seen times where McDavid hasn't gotten that call when he split the D. Give me your uh, synopsis. How's that? Yeah, I mean, my, the penalty shot, you're right. I, don't, I have no problem with a call. It was, you know, Oscar's cleft bomb stick was up and down. Um, Eichel as he went in like that and he was clearly beaten and it was one-on-one with the goalie so I don't mind that uh you know you're right like this is you know to me Bob you got to win the to me it becomes a little bit about percentages you know you got to take the games like when you're supposed to win and I'm not saying just because Detroit had lost a bunch in a row and you go in their barn that you have to beat them you're going to lose that game sometimes they're hungry I get it but when I talk percentages I say you know, you're playing Buffalo, they're not a great team. So you think you should get a point here at least. When you go in there and lead 2 nothing after seven minutes, the percentages you're going to get two points out of that game are about 88, 95%. They're way up yep. there. You lead 2 nothing seven minutes into a hockey game against a very average team. Those are the ones. you got to win those games. you got to get two points out of those games. And, you know, they totally, to me, the club did take its foot off the gas. It, it didn't seize an opportunity. It didn't go for the juggernaut, get the third goal and put that team out of its misery. Buffalo hung around. By the end of the game, Buffalo was playing way better than Edmonton was. And it, the game ends on Dreisaitl making another one of those flybys in overtime, man. Like, why has he been out? What's the number since November 15th? I think he's been outscored 5-on-5, five five, like 23-8 to eight or something when he's been on the ice. And that flyby causes that breakaway, which causes that goal. And I'll tell you what, man, when your best players are going to play all the important minutes, they've got to be better than that defensively. End of story. Now that said, Spec, the line of Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, and Kyler Yamamoto, who you and me have had a couple discussions about. Yeah, it was good. Uh, they killed Buffalo in that game. Yep. They had 72% of the shot metrics, uh, 92% of the expected goals, which means the high-caliber scoring opportunities. And they didn't do that against Buffalo's crappy players. I mean, they won the battle when they were out there against the Eichel line, too. And to me, part of it, I actually thought the best forward for Edmonton last night was Kyler Yamamoto. He was hunting pucks. He was quick. He was making plays. They had a 13-pass sequence mark on the 2-0 goal. Yeah. And, uh, and Yamamoto beat his man wide in the second and gave Nugent Hopkins a tap-in on the back door, and he just couldn't get to the puck. But uh, has I know it's just two games. And that's, you know, and that's... Well, I'll, I'll just leave it for now. Give me your assessment on Yamamoto and whether or not he's given a spark to the team. Oh, for sure. And I think I've never seen, or not, I haven't this season seen the lines look this balanced, Bob. That's what it does for me. Like, all of a sudden, Dreisaitl playing away from Nugent, uh, from McDavid, when you give 
Yamamoto, when you give a, you know, right now he's playing like a top six winger. You know, he's got, he's not afraid of the puck. He makes plays. Uh, you, you just made all the points. You're right. He's, you know, a little guy like that, he's knocking people off the puck left and right. To me, he's really balanced everything out here. So, you know, let's let this thing roll a little bit the way it is. I, I really like the Shane Archibald Caroline as a, I guess it would be the third line on this club. You're even better if that's your fourth line, but let's call it the third. Those guys are a good depth line. It allows them to stay together. You know, McDavid's got plenty of help with Cassian and Neal. I don't mind those two wingers for him. And then Dreisaitl gets, or Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, and Yamamoto is an effective line. Now you're seeing a more well-rounded group of forwards, Bob, and it starts with, you know, this kid coming up and, and maintaining a top six level. Like, if he becomes a bottom six winger, now we're back putting Dreisaitl with McDavid and we're back where we started. If he can maintain top six production and, you know, and, and just play like he belongs up there, Bob, uh, it's a better team for sure. I think, you know what, Mark, I'll, I'll take it one step further. Like, even if he's a middle six forward, Okay. And he's contributing. He's better sure. than what they had on the right side, right? That so, is true. That is true. And before anybody says, oh, yeah, well, wait till he plays Boston, people forget. His only career goal was against Boston when Larson hit him on about a 60-foot stretch pass, and he beat Charlie McAvoy inside, drove hard to the net, and ripped one home on Halak. It was a hell of a goal. It was in Edmonton last year. So he's not a timid guy. Mark, you mentioned uh, Shan with Archibald and Kara, okay? And Jujar Kara's getting some on him here from the fans today. Uh, I, I maintain there is something there with the player. He's got something. Have we not seen it enough? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a broken record here. Like, and, and I know it sounds like I'm ripping on Kara. And I'm o- I only say that I want more from Kara because I see more there, right? You know, listen. There's players we've seen, Bob, where you where I, you, they don't disappoint you because you don't you know that there's really not that much there to begin with. Well, Kara's not that guy. Like he's got size, he's got speed, he's got a nice shot. We've seen him show the ability to have some hands. Like there is a package there, uh, but I'm like the rest of us. I'm getting you know I'm I'm a little impatient here been how many seasons of waiting to see that package four out of five games instead of one out of five games and that is what we're seeing still with Jujar somehow can't duplicate the good game you know more than once in a row and that's too bad because there's you know you know hockey Bob you watch players how many guys bring that package to the rink but that's great it looks real good walking in on the you know those tv shots they call them the uh entries or the arrivals yeah, he looks yeah. great he looks great he looks like arrival. a great lobby player that's the <laughs> right. term right. i want to see it after 50 minutes of hockey i want to still be looking at that player and saying he looks great um <laughs> is that so, fair or are we being too harsh on jujar well, let's find out from the texters. Uh, reach out to us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. We've seen Yamamoto. And again, I've, I have watched Mark probably half of Bakersfield's games. Maybe 40%. I'll be honest. I mean, it might be closer to 40%. Okay. Benson is not as quick as Yamamoto. But he can protect the puck. He's smart. He can think his way around the ice. 
he still has a chance to be a player here. No rush. All I'm saying is if you're not getting anything accomplished at the NHL level, you're going to force the general manager to look at other options, which is kind of what's happened here with Kyler Yamamoto. And I wonder if we might be having another discussion. Maybe it's not in January. Maybe it's in February. But you got to start making some – got to make your time count, don't you, Mark? Oh, you do. You do, absolutely. And, and the one thing, you know, I don't know if you're referring to Kara or not here, but there, that, there's other general managers around the league who see that package. And, and probably, you know, no one sees them as much as we do. And, and you just go, geez, I'll take that guy. I'll, maybe I can make him better on my team. So, yeah. Like, well, some, yeah. You know, you know how that works. If you don't do it somewhere, you end up somewhere else. And, their whole, and your leash gets a little shorter because he's an Edmonton draft pick. They've raised this kid. They want him to play here. And everyone's cheering for him here. But uh, after a while, you, you do get sick of waiting. Uh, Yamamoto's a, a perfect example, Bob. He comes along. He's just played a handful of NHL games. And if he starts playing consistent hockey, he's going to replace someone on that roster. You know that for sure. Well, and he just, I know Jack Michaels just tweeted out, and we had the interview yesterday, just as improved footwork in the corners and uh, working on quickness to, to get to more loose pucks to be a more effective player. And I think we've seen that to come to fruition. I know Benson's worked on his game as well. He's good at protecting pucks. Again, like I, I said a year ago, Mark, if one of these two guys pans out, the Oilers are going to be okay. If they both pan out and become middle six forwards, that'll help Edmonton out moving forward here. And I just, I got to ask you about one more guy, Joe Kim Nygaard. Just because people are saying, oh, wait a sec here, what's Nygaard done? Um, he can skate. We know he can fly. What, do you, what are your thoughts on him? He's played 26 NHL games now. Yeah, I'm still waiting for it to take a little bit. He's a bottom six uh, winger at this point, Bob, and his foot speed is, is what keeps him in the lineup, right? Uh, is he getting a whole bunch of other things done? No. Is he, has he shown the playmaking ability? Not really. Uh, yeah, we don't know anything about this player. He comes from Sweden, and you, you always want to be patient while a guy learns the North American game. You know, it's it's a whole different ball game for these guys coming over here. So I've not run out of patience with Nygaard. Uh, I'm starting to get an idea what I think he's going to be, and that's, you know, not a top six player at this point. But you know what? There's I'm trying to think of guys. Todd Marchand, Andrew Cogliano, you know, speedy guys who didn't necessarily produce at a high, high rate. Uh, once they learn to check, kill penalties, and they always get there on time. I'm not. You know, there's a useful player there, Bob. Don't you think there's a guy you can find? Uh, I, I agree. You can find room for. Don't yeah, you think? absolutely. Sure. Uh, this text comes in. Uh, Stoffer, if Drysaddle was minus ten in a game, you'd make an excuse for him. Fly by. Did you hear his spec? Hey, I again. I thought Drysaddle had a real good game. The overtime. By the way, Mark. The overtime. Do we need to change some rules here in overtime? change rules what do you mean well we'll discuss that when we come back it's 118 at edmonton uh stoffer inspector for the horses and horse race in alberta you're listening to oilers now hi i'm darnell nurse from the edmonton oilers and you're listening to oilers now with bob stoffer on 630 chet Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector currently with you. I'm in Boston, spec back at Edmonton. Not quite sure how he didn't uh, decide to be on this trip. 
Uh, it's 1.20 in Edmonton. We want to tell you that guests on this show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village Steak and Seafood Cook right at your table. Visit their Edmonton South, downtown Northside, and Sherwood Park locations. Quickly in the Oilers Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Matt Benning remains out for Edmonton with a concussion, uh, and the Oilers have missed him. There's no question about that. Chance tomorrow, just a guesstimation, but uh, well, I'll spec what he thought. William Lagason, two games here. Do you think we might see Caleb Jones back in there, Mark? Speck, you there? Oh, sorry. There yeah, you go. You went, I, I you bored went. you to tears already. William Lagason, his first two games. What do you think? Uh, he comes as advertised. You know, he's a stay, he, what's, we used to call a stay-at-home defense. I don't know if you're allowed to be one of those anymore. But uh, pretty quiet. I thought that he, um, how would I say? I mean, I want to say this. When a young defenseman shows up in, a, in your lineup and you watch him play for a couple of games, and after two games you can't really think of a lot of things to say about him, that's probably a good thing, Bob. <laughs> right? He's been steady. They're not rolling past him going wide. They're not beating him all the time. Uh, I saw a couple other defensemen get beat for goals in front of the net last night that weren't named Lagason. So, you know what? He looks like he belongs in the NHL. What do you think? Uh, I think he's a seven. Uh, and, you know, I, I think Jones has a higher ceiling, but also might be prone to making more mistakes. Yeah. I'll say this. Uh, you know, we, we've had one player surprise everybody this year, Ethan Bear. And what we're seeing right now with the Oilers' defense is between Clefbaum and Nurse, whoever plays with Bear plays better. And that speaks volumes of Ethan Bear, doesn't it? Yeah, that's that's a very good point, right? And you know, I'm not I'm not sure why uh, why Tippett switched things up uh, the way he did and put Clefbaum with Bear, but uh, maybe that's what he's seeing too, Bob. Maybe he's seeing a guy that needs to get Clefbaum going a little bit, so he puts him with Bear and he gets a pretty good pair of the deal. Is, does he become the the band aid for this? Uh, well, I mean, the, the, I mean, if they can, I mean, if they can have if Yamamoto, and then we're again two games in, but if he can be a middle six guy here, and Bear is a legit top uh, top four option on the right side, and those are homegrown products, that'll bode well for the orders moving forward. That's big um, but you know what? Chris Russell back in the top four on a shift-by-shift basis. I'm going to play on the opposite side. That's a tough go for him at this stage. 32 years. He's a battler. You love you love the character of the player. He gives you everything he's got. But I, I don't, you know, I actually think Chris is misplaying with Matt Benny. And which brings us to Larson. Larson needs to play better, too. I mean, we're talking, look, Settle knows he needs to play better, needs to be a better five-on-five player. He's been part of the Oilers' struggles. He's not pinpointing all of it on, uh, you know, the you wouldn't want to pinpoint all of it on Leon. I mean, uh, Smith had a good performance last night, but it hadn't been great of late. But Adam Larson's a guy in defense that needs to get going, too. He's minus 12 here, Mark, 21 games. Um, and, you know, back to you need puck movers. So <laughs> are we seeing the change in the game really hinder players like Adam Larson? Well, you need, I mean, every defense needs a mix. Like, I'm not willing to say at this point that there's no room for a hard rock defender like Adam Larson anymore. He still makes your team better. And the tougher the games get down the stretch, and if you make the playoffs, the more valuable Adam Larson becomes, right? Uh, you know, he's killing penalties, doing all those things. But remember with Adam Larson, Bob, he doesn't get the offset. He doesn't get. He doesn't have any success with the puck going in the other end. He doesn't produce points. 
So every goal that goes in, every player that doesn't get made defensively really stands out. You know, he's not Ethan Bear who who kind of gambles a little and makes a bunch of plays and one goes in and you go, oh, well, you know what? In the big picture, yeah. he's still ahead of the game. And Larson's, you know, we said it before, when he, you can't forget that he missed, when he missed, 22 games with a broken leg on yeah, the start 20, of the yeah. season. And, you know, yeah, there's... Yeah. There's ketchup involved, and I guess the point becomes this, Bob. You've got to decide. Are we willing to put up with the ketchup period and hopefully get the real Adam Larson back when it counts here on whatever it's going to be by Feb 1 or something, or do you abandon the project and start playing them less because you're too impatient? That's a, that's a decision Tippett and his coaches are going to have to make. I think they have to play him in the top four. I think they have to play Russell in the third pairing. Uh, so it's either, you know, Lagason or jo- uh, Jones with Russell in third pairing until Benning comes back and then Russell with Benning when Benning gets back. Yep. And, you know, the plan at the start of the year was to play Nurse with Larson and to play Clefbaum with Bear because Bear exceeded expectations. I think maybe they have to reevaluate that here moving forward. And uh, that means moving Larson up. I don't mind those. All right. Just and right by the way, there, right? Boston. Boston has four puck movers in their in their six defensemen. McAvoy can move it, Krug can move it. Uh, I would even assert yeah. to you, Carlo moves it okay for a bigger man. Yep. Charles smart, does. physical, and tough. And then Moore and Greslick can both do it in their third pairing. Like they don't have a hard nosed, tough third pairing. They got some D that can move the puck. All right, Mark, let's have some fun here. So. NHL coaches, they've taken the life out of the game in overtime again. It's not helter-skelter. It's win the first face-off and circle back and circle back and try to capitalize on blown line changes and that sort of thing. Do we need – Brian Burke has talked in the past. We need a a shot clock like in the NBA in overtime for three-on-three. And others have suggested, I think Jason Greger might have fired this out there earlier today. Uh, others have suggested, well, wait a sec here. What about maybe an over and back rule that once you uh, enter the blue line, you can't circle back into the neutralized area? What, what, are, what are your thoughts on what we're seeing in overtime? Yeah, I think that you start out with the most accurate point is the coaches have found a way to kill an exciting part of the game, which is really coaching history 101 in, in the NHL. You know, you get a couple of elite guys like McDavid and Drysaddle who exploit overtime with their skills, and the rest of the league goes, okay, we, we're going to defend because we're trying to win. So, yes, uh, the coaches have messed up a good thing, and now you have to outcoach the coaches. You know, you got to outcoach the coaches. you got to find a way... The, to stop them, right? You got to find a way, Bob, to, to force turnovers in overtime because turnovers create two on ones and then the thing's over pretty quick. So, how do we get the puck turned over, right? How do we force guys? Your idea about over and back is good because if I can't take it out, the defensive guy could force me to my own blue line. Now I got to do something with that puck. There's a good chance I turn it over. Something has to happen because you're right and Berkey's right and Gregor's right. It's, we're seeing a lot of what we saw last night. Yeah, it's uh, and it is and it, it's part of coaching. And you said it's coaching one on one. It's takeaway uh, from the skill of the game. It's interesting the teams, the other teams that go for it, like Edmonton beat Washington in overtime. Well, guess what? The Capitals are going to let it roll. They're 
They're the Washington Capitals. They don't have to sit there and, and lock it down. But the first time we saw this was against Anaheim after McDavid and uh, Drysettle had embarrassed them in the previous game. And uh, the other thing is the importance of face, well, the way teams play now, the importance of face-off off draws to start the possession. Give Curtis Lazar credit. Stepped out there last night, 1-1. We saw Anaheim do that last year when Hitch took over. And then they got Raquel on the ice, and, uh, and he isolated Drysettle one-on-one and beat him. Uh, four goals. So there you have it. Hey, Mark, great stuff. Uh, we'll look forward to talking with you Tuesday when we're in Toronto on a CBA-mandated off day. Sounds good, Bobby. Looking forward to it. All right, you bet. 128 in Edmonton. Make sure you go down and see the folks at Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin, including Uncle Milt. One of these days, you'll all get the reference. Well, maybe those of you over the age of 50 probably know what I'm talking about. Uncle Milt, uh, Richie, Johnny, and the gang down at... Uh, Wetaskiwin's Brent Ridge Forward, where cars cost less. They are an eight-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. It's a great time to buy right now, clearing out 2019 significant rebates on F-150s, uh, 2019 models at Brent Ridge Forward. Give them a call, 1-877-3673, or visit BrentRidge.com. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back on Oilers Now, we'll hook up with Edmonton Oil Kings head coach Brad Lauer. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.